Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is behind the steel curtain co-editor Dave Schofield coming at you with some geeky breakdown. I'm going to say geeky breakdown. Maybe I should say some technical breakdown of some stuff we have coming up with the Steelers. Kind of got a pretty big show here today on this last day of 2020. Yes, it is New Year's Eve. If you're listening to this on the day it is released, if you listen to it later, then Happy New Year. Um, But if you're listening to this on the day it came out, Thursday morning, then uh, you are dealing with the last day of 2020. I know a lot of people are saying they can't wait for this year to be over. Um, I'm glad people are hopeful that next year is better. We'll see. (laughs) Uh, All I know is that uh, the 2020 NFL season for the Pittsburgh Steelers was better than the 2019 season. And uh, so that's one thing to be grateful for. But let's uh, we're not going to dwell a lot on last week's game. Here's what we're going to do today. We're going to be looking at several different things. First of all, um, the Steelers wrapping up the AFC North. We'll talk about that a little bit, but then we're going to be talking about some various things with the Steelers moving forward. We're going to look at both um, some things. That, I mean, Jeff teased this a little bit because I did a lot of work to get him these numbers. So he's like, you should break them down even more. I'm like, I might break them down a little bit more, but we'll see. With some numbers with how Ben Roethlisberger plays after having a week off. 
So Jeff did a little bit with that. I'll look at a little bit more. So we'll look at that. And and in general, how the Steelers have done in the playoffs when they've been able to rest people going into it, especially, you know, can, can specifically Ben Roethlisberger. Then the other thing that I really want to break down, because this could be really, really big, technical, and confusing. I'm going to do my best to make it as clear as I can, is we're going to break down these five games going into week 17 that are going to affect the seeding of the AFC playoffs. And you're saying, well, why does it really matter? Because it's all about who are the Steelers playing in the first round? Who are they going to host in the wild card? So there's some interesting numbers, some probabilities that uh, we'll want to look at. And so that's what we're going to break down in the second half. So real quick, let's, let's just hit a couple highlights from this Colts game because it was definitely a tale of two halves. Steelers turned around. They got their 12th win of the season. That made me feel great because I predicted them to go 12-4 and four on the year. Uh, not in the way that they did, that's for sure. But um, So even if the Steelers aren't victorious in Week 17, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, um, they, they've at least reached that 12-win threshold, which was a, a really great goal to have this year. It was also really nice to see the Steelers offense getting back on track, the defense feeding off the offense. The team just showed signs of life all around in that second half against the Colts. It was like they've kind of been asleep the last few weeks and they woke up, did what they need to do and took care of business. I mean, there are some great numbers from this game. Steelers, five sacks. That's the most sacks they've had since week five. Um, so they got to Phillip Rivers. I had even mentioned that, oh, he's a hard one to sack because, um, you know, being the wily veteran he is, he gets rid of the ball rather than take a sack. He'd rather throw it away. At least that's what he did a lot when he was with the Chargers. And I also made the bold prediction on the preview, you all can call me out on this now, that I said the Steelers' sack streak was going to end. But I have a disclaimer. That prediction was made before I knew the starting tackles were both going to be out for the Colts. Uh, we did not know about either one of those at the time. There's no way I was going to make that prediction um, if that was the case otherwise. And the Steelers took advantage. They they did what they needed to do. Um, I, I still think the weak, the biggest weakness they showed on defense is the past coverage of the linebackers because of who they have right now. But they were doing the best they could. They really were. It would be very nice to get Robert Spillane back for the playoffs because he actually does a fairly nice job in pass coverage for the Steelers' defense. The Jeffrey Benedict has broken that down several times. And uh, so that's pretty interesting. So they got after the quarterback. They got takeaways, both of them by Mike Hilton, AFC Defensive Player of the Week for Week 16 with his interception and fumble recovery which was uh, forced by T.J. Watt, which was also a sack. That was a great play there. Set up the Steelers for a three-yard drive in the first half because if they don't – I mean, and it took them everything they had to get in from those three yards out. That's how bad things are going in the first half. But if they don't get that score in the first half, it's hard to say how the game plays out. They just came roaring back. You know, after that field goal of the first half that the, that the Colts had, the next three drives the Steelers' defense held – to only one first down in those next three drives, which allowed, even though the Steelers did not score on their first drive of the second half and they got turned away at the goal line, great defensive play on fourth down. The best chance the Steelers had was on third down. Um, Didn't know if I liked the earlier play calls, but I'm not going to scrutinize it too much. 
But uh, we can get into who was really making the calls on offense and all those other things. Bottom line is, I just want to see the Steelers win. I just want to see them play well, execute, because that half right there gave the not just the Steelers, but Steelers Nation, the Steeler fans, gave them confidence in what this team is doing and what they have done. I mean, early in the season, even when the Steelers were trailing, I always felt like, they got this. They're fine. They're good. Didn't have that feeling for for weeks but had it again in the second half there against the Colts. And I think that's a great thing to have to roll into the playoffs. Some people would like to see Ben Roethlisberger come out and have a strong game against Cleveland and then go into the playoffs. I tell you what, with with not having a bye week, I I don't care what people say. The Steelers did not have a bye week. They didn't. And back when it happened, I'm like, hey, this is just one of these things you have to deal with. You always kind of look forward to, well, at least they'll have that mini bye after Thanksgiving. Nope, didn't get that either. They had so much of that taken away. I think this, out of any of the other situations that the Steelers have had where they've arrested Ben Roethlisberger in Week 17, I think this one makes the most sense. And we're going to dive into those other ones here in a little bit. But uh, Steelers had, you know, did it, they, they came back. They erased that 17-point margin in under 11 minutes of clock time. I mean, that's that's what you call a team effort because it, was, it wasn't was just the offense doing it. It was the defense making the stops. Um, it was fantastic. Um, just a great all-around, turn it around, take care of business performance in order to get yourself um, to where a few of these players can take this week off. And we'll talk about some of these different players. But uh, the most important thing is the Steelers are AFC North champions. This this is their ninth AFC North championship since it was since the North began in 2002. So they have nine. The Ravens have six. The Bengals have four, and the Lowly Browns have zero. So those are the 19 um, championships. If the Steelers can find a way to win it next year, they will have exactly half of them in the first 20 years. That would be great. But uh, why are we worrying about next year? Let's focus on. Um, moving through the playoffs and and the ultimate goal of this season. So with that, I'm going to get into some of these numbers. I mean, this was kind of like my user question where I answer a question from somebody, but this actually came straight from Jeff Hartman. So I, I got to give it to him because he wanted to know some of this stuff for his own benefits um, for his Let's Ride that came out on Wednesday. If you haven't caught that, make sure you do. Um, chances are, if you're listening to this, you probably caught that one because uh, man, oh man, Jeff Jeff has a great following for that show because it's a great show. Because I'll be honest with you, I never miss one of them. Those those are great. That's fantastic time. So Jeff gave you those numbers that I that I gave him that in the Ben Roth, Roethlisberger era with Ben Roethlisberger specifically. Why am I saying the era? It's with Ben Roethlisberger specifically when he is coming off a buy, meaning he's rested the week before. If he's coming off of a bye, in the Cower era, he was two and one. Okay. In the Mike Tomlin era, so from 2007 on, Ben Roethlisberger starting his first game out of the bye is seven and four. Seven and four, um, 20 touchdowns to 11 interceptions. Jeff Jeff highlighted some of these, you know, over 3,000 yard passing in 11 games. So that that was one thing. And then Jeff also went ahead and told you about the other numbers I gave gave him, which was the four times they've rested Ben Roethlisberger going into the playoffs, the Steelers are two and two. 
They're two and two. Ben has 10, 10 touchdowns to eight interceptions, but half of those touchdowns came in their last playoff game when he threw five touchdowns with 469 yards uh, on 37 completions on 58 attempts. Did have an interception in there. And he also had a, a fumble. I'm pretty sure that was the return for a touchdown, um, which really did help make a difference in that game. When they lost to the Jaguars, 45 to 42, I was at that game. Um, that's all I want to say about that. But that's, I mean, half of those touchdowns came there. But in a losing performance, huge numbers by Ben Roethlisberger. The previous time where Ben had been rested in week 17 going into the playoffs was in 2016, the season before, where in the wild card, they faced the Miami Dolphins. I was also at that game. That game was cold. That game was like 17 degrees and had like a five, it was like five degree with the wind chill. And I remember my, my, my father is who I took to that game. And uh, he didn't even put on his gloves till halftime. I'll never forget that. Uh, that's my dad. But in that game, I mean, the Steelers won handily 30 to 12. That was when Bud Dupree just put a smackdown on Matt Moore. That was crazy. But Ben was only 13 of 18 in that game, 197 yards, two touchdowns, two turnovers. But it was a win. So there you go, under 200 yards, but a win. Then you have to wind back the clock a long time to where Ben Roethlisberger was rested in week 17 to then rolling into the playoffs. That was all the way back to 2007, Mike Tomlin's first year coaching. And uh, he was rested in, in week 17. And they turned around, they, they had a two-point loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars at Heinz Field. I remember watching that game. But the other thing you have to remember about that is the Jaguars also also rested I think that was David Garrard at the time. I, I don't know why I can't remember which quarterback it was, but they rested their quarterback the week before as well. So both quarterbacks were coming and rested. And in the loss, Ben threw for 337 yards. He had two touchdowns, but he had three interceptions Okay, on 42 attempts. But way back in 04 in Ben's rookie year where he sat out, this is another one of those that I'm not a big fan of, but he sat out in week 17, and then the Steelers didn't play till the divisional round. And they beat the Jets 20 to 17. Ben was only 17 to 30 for 181 yards and one touchdown and two picks. So believe it or not, the best performance from Roethlisberger was that Jacksonville game most recently when it came comes to numbers, but he did also have the costly turnovers and, and things like that. So those are a little bit wishy-washy. I also, I looked up every single time that Ben Roethlisberger played a game after not playing a game the week before. I did not count week one anywhere, anywhere. But but if it was week two, because like when Ben Roethlisberger missed um, week one, I, well, that was the appendectomy um, way back. Let's see, what was that? That was 06. Um, but see, that was a loss. They lost nine to nothing that next game. But I went through to see how did Ben, how does Ben Roethlisberger play coming off of injury, where he missed a game due to injury? I mean, he was under Coach Tomlin. He's seven and four coming off of buys, but coming off of injury, he's only two and three. And before that, um, in the in the Bill Cowher era, he was one and two. So not good coming off injuries. Much better coming off of buys. Five hundred coming into the playoffs. But you got to remember, you're playing good teams in the playoffs when you come in to do that. So I personally am not a big fan of when teams rest a quarterback in week 17 and have a bye the first round of the playoffs. That has not 
worked out well for teams in the past. I actually broke this down. I don't know. I think it was after last postseason, after what happened with with um, that purple team east of Pittsburgh. Um, because I, I don't. I think the two weeks off isn't a good idea. Kansas City Chiefs are doing that. I kind of part of me is almost like anyway, the Steelers could be the four seed because if they could get through um, that first round, I think Kansas City they not impressed with their win over Atlanta. Um, and just don't think that they've been playing their best football recently, but been managing to win games. That's the exact criticism people had about the Steelers during their win streak towards the end. Well, they're not playing great football. They're just managing to win. So with that, it was kind of, it was kind of crazy that that's the, that was the narrative with Pittsburgh and not many people are saying that with Kansas city. I mean, Atlanta is not known for their defense and Kansas city um, did not put up that many points. So let's look at this. What happens when, when teams rest their quarterbacks, just in general, going into the playoffs? I went all the way back to 05 because of that infamous 05 Pittsburgh Steelers after, after the Colts had you know pretty much rested a lot, um, a lot of their people going into a bye. And then the Steelers turn around and play it. Now, I'm, if I remember the way I, if I can read my symbols correctly, the Steelers or the, sorry, the Colts did play Peyton Manning for just a little bit of the game. Cause I looked, I looked up these thing, things differently and I broke them down to when, if the quarterback played some, but you know, played less than half the game versus did not play at all. So like last year, Lamar Jackson didn't play in 17 in week 17 against the Steelers had to buy a week, lost in the first round. Okay. Um, last season as well, in in Buffalo, they had Josh Allen play two series, went into the playoffs, lost. Minnesota rested rested Kirk Cousins as the sixth seed, came into the playoffs and won. Okay, 2018, the, the Saints rested Drew Brees in week 17 and had a bye, and then came in and won in the playoffs. So when you, when you look at this, I, I think I had it figured out that when, that when teams had, if you had a bye and were going into playing the next week, or sorry, not playing the next week, where you basically had, had two buys, going back to 2010, it's only two and two. And I think going back to 2005, the teams are only two and four. So resting the quarterback in week 17 and then having a bye has not actually given these teams more success. And the thing that it's not good about that is those are all home games playing teams that you're higher seeded than. I mean, it's, some of the other numbers, when you look at when you look at other teams that they do play the next weekend, I have those numbers as four and four. You're like, oh, okay, well, that kind of that's kind of the same, and you know that's going back to 2010. Yeah, it's four and four, but you got to remember some of these teams they're playing each other. You know, they're they're playing each other. Like for example, in 2010, uh, the Jets rested their quarterback. They were the sixth seed, and and the um, Oh, wait, that, that was AFC to NFC. But some of these other ones I have marked where these two teams played each other. Back in 2007 was a prime example with the Steelers and, and the Jaguars. 
I almost messed up that other one because I didn't realize there are uh, two different conferences. That the Jaguars and Steelers both rested their quarterback. So obviously one's going to win and one's going to lose. But in all, when teams com- just completely sit their quarterback um, and then play the next week, it worked for Minnesota in 2019. No one did that in 2018 where their quarterback rested in week 17 and they played in the wild card round. In 2017, both the Chiefs did it as the four seed and the Rams did it as the three seed. And both of those teams lost in the first round. Okay. But in 2016, the Steelers did it against the Dolphins and they won. You know, so so that's why these are kind of are, are kind of uh, uh, tricky because, you know, then sometimes a six seed will rest their quarterback going in and then they lose. But they were they were supposed to lose. They were you know, they weren't favored in, in the game, but there's not a, a lot of instances where those higher seeded teams, those three seeds and four seeds um, lose constantly. But what I found is actually a little bit more helpful is sometimes when, when quarterbacks play a little bit, but then don't even play an entire half in that last week and then roll in into the buy. I, that's just kind of where, where it stands from historically, but it really, it's really not that cut and dry this year with this team with the Steelers because this is this is new ground because this team did not have a buy. I don't care how you try to spin it, they did not have a buy. So those are the numbers there. We're going to take a quick break now because when we come back, I am going to do my very best to sort through this chaos and craziness of what's going to happen. On Sunday, who are the Steelers playing? Who are they most likely to face? We're going to break that down right after this break. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse, carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see, we could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to the Steeler Stat Geek. This is Dave Schofield, uh, I guess I'm the geek, coming at you, getting ready to try to do my best to make sense of all these scenarios of what would it take for the Steelers to play this team, that team, or the other team in the playoffs. I know there's some people, I've I've seen it there, I know there might even be an article on, at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I know someone was tinkering with writing about, oh, the Steelers resting players is bad because... Um, that almost guarantees they're going to face the Ravens. Well, you're taking a lot of things into consideration here. Um, that and that's bad that the, for the Steelers to face the Ravens. Personally, I don't mind the Steelers facing the Ravens. There's not an easy matchup in the postseason. There, there really isn't. If you want an e- you want an easy matchup in the postseason, and watch this. This will probably be one of the upsets that happens because you're always going to get upsets upsets in the playoffs. Probably the easiest matchup could possibly be the number five seed in the NFC. 
because they're going to get the NFC East champion. So they're going to be dealing with a sub 500 team. Now, right now that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They might have the easiest one, but I would, I'd love to see them get knocked off in the playoffs in the first round for that very reason. But I digress. That's, that's the NFC. Who cares? Um, Here's how it goes down. I, I I got some of these odds. Now these were odds that that came out before Mike Tomlin announced that that Ben Roethlisberger was not playing. These came from um Josh Roundtree of KDKA. He he published some odds that the Steelers, uh, you know, they have an eighty five point seven percent chance that they're going to be the three seed and a fourteen point three percent chance to be the two seed. Um, and then and broke some other things down. What's crazy, if you look at these odds right now, the Browns have the lowest odds of making the playoffs. But all they have to do is beat the Steelers, and they're in, no matter what. And with the Steelers resting Ben Roethlisberger, that's a little bit more likely. Maybe. I don't know. It kind of depends on this. I mean, the Steelers took it to the Browns earlier this season, and and you just kind of have to wonder. I'm a little bit excited about this, but at the same time, I'm a little bit scared. We'll break this down more on the Steelers' preview about that because, uh, you know, I think this would be a great chance for the Steelers to come out and say, we're going to just do something completely different on offense because it's Mason Rudolph and teams aren't going to be able to really gauge anything off of it because they're going to do stuff so different that it's not going to say, it's not going to look like anything that Ben Roethlisberger does. And that, that would just be kind of neat to see for them to almost give it, you know, almost give a little bit of false tape out there if you really wanted to talk about it that way. But um, that's a whole different subject, but let's, I'm going to break this down. The five games that matter this weekend in figuring out these seeds are Pittsburgh and Cleveland. I'm sorry, Pittsburgh at Cleveland, maybe, maybe I should say. Uh, Miami at Buffalo. Then you've got, I want to make sure I'm getting the correct um, home teams and away teams. You've got Jacksonville at Indy. You've got Tennessee at Houston. Those two um the, the Colts and the Texans games are both at 425. The other one o'clock game, of course, is the Ravens at the Bengals. Now, there is crazy scenarios all over the place for who the Steelers could face. And they could face any one of these teams. They really could. Now, some are less likely than others. But I kind of broke these down a little bit. There is an article that's a little bit confusing on the website um, that tries to, to, to lay this out. And that is... The fact that the Steelers' seed is not definitely set um, comes in to be a factor because the Steelers could get the two seed, but the only way they move up to the two seed is they have to win and Buffalo has to lose. They have to win and Buffalo has to lose. So, but Buffalo's playing Miami, you know, the playoff team, and Pittsburgh's playing Cleveland, another team in the hunt for the playoffs. So right now, if nothing changed going into this, the seedings were – Kansas City's locked in at the one. It would be Buffalo two, Pittsburgh three, Tennessee four, Miami five, Baltimore six, Cleveland seven, and the Colts would be left out. So if the playoffs started right now, the Steelers would play the Ravens. That's just how it is. So now moving on to that, from that, that's not the most likely matchup that the Steelers are going to have based on everything. Believe it or not, the most likely matchup, actually, I'm pretty sure, is the Cleveland Browns but um, that they would have to face them two weeks in a row. But if the Steelers win this week, there's a good chance my, um, that the Browns could not even be in the playoffs. So um, that would come down to if Cleveland loses and the Colts win, Cleveland's out. So very interesting. So if the Steelers end up being the number two seed, which means they beat 
They beat Cleveland and Miami beats Buffalo. That's the only way they could be the two seed. If that occurs, the, the Steelers cannot face Tennessee. There's no, there, there's no way where they could face Tennessee and no way that they could face Miami because Miami would lock up the five seed no matter if they, if they beat Buffalo. No one could move ahead of them. And, um, and that's not who the Steelers would because they would then be playing the seven seed. So in order for them to, to face Baltimore in that scenario, it would, you would have to get um, – the, the main one there would have to be that the Colts would beat Jacksonville, okay, um, which also would, could do anything. And the Ravens would have to lose to the Bengals. So if the Colts beat the beat the Jaguars and the Ravens lose to, to the Bengals, the Tennessee game doesn't even matter. Then that would have the Steelers playing the Ravens as a two seven. In order for them to face the Colts, you know Tennessee would have to beat Houston, and then the Colts would beat Jacksonville, and the Ravens would have to beat the Bengals. So if bottom line is if the Ravens were to lose to the Bengals in a scenario. Um, with, with, um, with, with the Steelers winning and the Dolphins winning, then they're facing, then they're facing Indy. Any other, or not, not facing, sorry. If the Bengals beat the Ravens, they would be, then the Steelers would definitely face the Ravens. Anything else with Baltimore beating Cincinnati, it would, it would depend on that Indianapolis Jacksonville game. If Indy would win, then it would be that they would play the Colts. If Indy would lose, then they would play the Browns because the Colts would be out of the playoffs. So that's what happens if the Steelers uh, were the were the two seed. Now, let's say Miami beats Buffalo, but Pittsburgh does not beat the Browns. So in other words, Miami's going to be locked into the five seed. Once again, that means the Steelers could not face the Dolphins. Okay. But let's say the Steelers were were to lose to the Browns then. Um, they would face the Steelers would face the Ravens as long as the Ravens won. And if the Ravens didn't win, then the Steelers would place, would face the Browns. So in a scenario of Miami winning the game over Buffalo, that means the Steelers would not face Miami in any scenario. Um, and they would not face Tennessee in any scenario. And it would really come down to mainly their own game. Um, to, to sort that out that most likely would be Baltimore or Cleveland. So now is when it gets interesting is what happens because that of course would have the Steelers as the, as the three seed, but now what if the Steelers are the three seed and but because both Buffalo and the Steelers win. So if both Buffalo and the Steelers win, that means both Miami and Cleveland lost. Okay. The Steelers could face Four of those five teams. Bottom line is they wouldn't face Cleveland because the only way they could Cleveland could get in would be as the seventh seed, and they would need um, the Colts to lose in order for them in order for them to do that if, if Pittsburgh beats them. But this is, in other words, Pittsburgh wins the game, but they don't get the two seed. They're the three seed. Okay, they could face Miami because Miami would have already lost to Buffalo in this scenario if Tennessee wins over Houston. And then between Indy and Baltimore, one would need to win and one would need to lose. It wouldn't matter which one. As long as one won and one lost, then boom, the Steelers face the Dolphins. Are you confused yet? Because it's confusing. The Steelers would face the Ravens if Tennessee wins, if Jacksonville beats Indy, 
And then, of course, if the Ravens would lose. So that, that's how they would face Baltimore. So, in other words, the likelihood of the Steelers facing the Ravens if they beat Cleveland is very low. It would take the only scenario in where the Steelers, if they win this week, the only scenarios in which they would face the Ravens would be where the Ravens would have to lose if the Steelers win. The Ravens would have to lose to Cincinnati. Um, the Steelers could also, you know, they could place the Colts um, or the or the Titans. Uh, that it, that would take a Baltimore win, an Indy win for both both scenarios. But the only difference of whether or not they would face Indy or Tennessee would depend on if Tennessee beat Houston or if they lost to Houston. Because if Tennessee won, then the Steelers would face the Colts. If Tennessee lost, then they would face the Titans. So that's kind of how it plays out if the Steelers win, assuming that Buffalo wins. Now, what happens if Buffalo takes care of Miami and knocks them down, down with everything, but the Steelers lose? If, if Buffalo wins and the Steelers lose, there's no way that they face the Ravens. It just doesn't work out that way um, because, with the Steelers being there because the Ravens, I'm pretty sure um, it they would that would auto, if the Baltimore wins they would have to move up into that other up into the five seed. Um, if not, you're talking about a about Miami already losing. You're talking about Cleveland winning, and everything. Um, if bottom line is, I could go into the other scenarios, but I'm just going to make it sim- simple. If the Bills beat the Dolphins. And the Steelers lose on Sunday. If the Ravens beat the Bengals, then the Steelers face the Browns again. It's that simple. Okay. So if Buffalo wins, Cleveland wins, Baltimore wins, you got a rematch of week 17. Now, if Baltimore were to lose to Cincinnati, that's how it would depend on if it was Miami or Indy or Tennessee based on those other games and how they play out. But um, so really the most important games when it comes to the Steelers is their own game and the Buffalo-Miami game. And how that plays out was going to determine everything the most. I'm, I'm sure that was really confusing. I'm sure that was completely confusing because, I don't know, I'm kind of worried that I cut out there a little bit because some some sound stuff wasn't working properly um, here on, on my microphone. So if that happens, I apologize. I hope it didn't get too confusing for you all with, with all that. So... Um, I'll have to go back and see how that worked. But here's the most important thing of it all. Most important thing to remember. If this, if you want to know how things are playing out, go to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com on Sunday, shortly before 1 o'clock. I will have an article that I publish that's going to tell you, okay, here are the matchups right now going in. I'm going to be updating that article throughout the 1 o'clock games and if I have to, even throughout the 425 games, if they're going to matter, that article will be updated until the Steelers' opponent is set in stone for the wild card. So we'll kind of I'll update it, you know, maybe a couple times a quarter or when something major changes or whatnot. That that's when we'll that that's when we'll break that down. So that is the best way to see it. Is kind of how it all plays out. Very confusing, very tough to understand. But bottom line is. Pittsburgh could go out and take care of business even with their non-starters and put themselves in a much better situation. I completely understand resting this resting 
people like Ben Roethlisberger, because I, like I said, if the Steelers had complete control of removing up in their seating, they might play more people. But they don't even control their own destiny. They would need help. And they can't move any further down, whether they win or they lose. So it kind of makes sense to do that. So with that said, let's just roll into week 17 and see what's going to happen for the playoffs. Can't wait to come back and talk to you all next week about some numbers and look at the matchup going into the postseason. It's been far too long. I'll admit, this will be my first postseason game as a part of Behind the Steel Curtain. In the years I've been here, they, they have not made the playoffs. So I am ready to roll. I'm excited about this. I want to see the Steelers in the postseason. I hope you are excited. I hope you're revamped after seeing that second half against the Colts. Make sure you are listening to all of our podcasts on the audio platform. We should still have the same thing coming. A little bit of change up with um with Steelers Brunch with Tony and the touchdown under because uh, Tony is, is moving his to, to happy hour on Fridays because of a, a work situation with him and the, um, and the Aussies are now, sorry, Aussies are now going to be on YouTube. So they'll still be available in their audio form, except on Saturday. It won't be Saturday mornings. It'll be Sunday mornings because of the change. Um, other than that, we'll keep rolling with, with the same great content. Make sure you're checking out behindthesteelcurtain.com. It is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And most importantly, thanks for keeping out with me. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.